0: Welcome to Finding Your Voice After 40, a weekly podcast that includes interviews with multicultural women and men over the age of 40 who have gone from ordinary to extraordinary living. I am your host, Kenya McGuire-Johnson, and as an artist, educator, and certified health, wellness, and mindset coach, my goal is to share incredible interviews and stories of people you may know or you may not know who are reclaiming and renewing their lives. Whether you're over 40 or not quite there yet, each week you will be inspired to thrive and not simply survive. Remember, change is inevitable, but growth is optional. To learn more about our amazing self-care and wellness holistic services, head on over to www.findingyourvoiceafter40.com or to get bonus episodes, head over to our Patreon and become a subscriber at patreon.com slash findingyourvoice. and welcome back to finding your voice after 40 this is kenya and this is episode 68 giving back while moving forward ah a little trick to that title there uh this is a special interview with lamont mitchell who you will find is a bit of family so here and there i bring in elements of my family so you get to know uh the people in my village and tribe, but more than that for you to be inspired and to um, you know, really experience um, some ideas of people doing, like I would say what you might consider an ordinary person doing extraordinary things. And that is definitely Lamont, definitely Lamont. He um, is a chef, an entrepreneur, a community, I say activist, <laughs> um, just some really beautiful stuff. And I, I what I loved about this interview, um, you'll find Lamont is, is definitely not in his forties. He's not in his fifties. He um, is past the 60 mark. And one, if you see him, you would never guess that. Um, but two, the things that he, the doors he's opening for himself at this stage of life, and how he really in the interview breaks down how you can do the same. I think that's what's so inspiring about this interview. So, definitely want you to dig in um, at the time that you guys hear this, um, you know, we pre-record everything, but it literally I should be saying merry christmas to you because we are just days away from the holiday. I do not know how christmas snuck up like this. I just don't even understand that. I don't I don't even get it. <laughs> I don't even get it. So we have the last episode of the year of 2023 coming up next week. So um, make sure you're staying tuned in. Um, we gotta end the end the year with a bang, it's a bang. It's a really good interview at the end of the year. So, um, so yeah, but before we get into uh, this episode, uh, with this interview with Lamont, I want to make sure that you are still tapping in and ordering your She Guide book. Again, you have until December thirty first, twenty twenty three, to order the book during its limited early release. And what that means is, if you order it or order the series before the thirty first of December, you your books will be shipped um, within three to five weeks of the time at which you order. If you order after, if you order after that point, <laughs> you will not get your book. You will not get your book until we actually do the regular official release, which right now is slated for April 2024. So the whole point of us doing this early, limited early release is so that you can grab your books in time for the top of the year. And again, if you want to learn more about what the She Guide is about, it is a journal. guided journal prompt book where you are unpacking affirmations related to either if you feel like you're in the season of intention or you're in a season of growth, season of rest, or a season of reset. All the affirmations relate to that season. okay? And there's some thriving principles that are also in the book and i'm going to talk more about those principles um as we continue our podcast episodes so what i've been doing i've been reading i have four scenarios in the book where i ask you to imagine if you are this woman or if you know this woman and so i've read three of them so i'm going to read the last one the fourth scenario and if you if if in hearing me read this if you if it resonates for you if you feel yourself in that or you know this woman then this book series any other books are really for you okay so here goes this scenario you recently experienced a loss and that has left you feeling anxious depressed lonely and or lifeless you appreciate that eventually you will feel better but the loss is outweighing the potential of relief or gain you are choosing to move forward thus getting this guidebook yet feelings of hopelessness still haunt you in covert and sometimes overt ways. You have received support from a therapist or you're considering doing so. You're still hoping to heal some aspects on your own terms and within your own pace. You value the support of friends, family, and professionals and will continue to seek each. However, you're also researching other tools to improve your restlessness on a daily basis. So if you are someone who has experienced some type of loss and a significant loss, um, no matter how big or small, but significant or a specific, a, a, a significant loss that has created a big change in your life. And let's say you are getting therapy and you're getting the support of family and friends and you're, you have people around you and still, you're needing something that you just kind of do on your own to help you process the grief and help you process what's happening, then this book, The She Guide is really excellent for that because instead of just saying to free write journal, I provide questions for you to begin to think about. At the same time, giving you affirmations for you to begin to contemplate and to see how you can um, connect more to more affirmative, actions in your life. So it's a way of almost doing some personal self inquiry. And, you know, honestly, that was the point I as a coach, as a person who works with people, and their healing work, I know that my ability to spend time with a client is but only so much. The real work is when you go home after that session. The real work is when you push in meeting on the zoom. <laughs> the real work is the day-to day, mundane um, in the meantime energy. And that's typically that's where things drop off. You know, we can have the big retreats, We can have the big workshops, We can have the wonderful sister circles and group activities and trips and all of the things. and they are very, you know in, in so many ways so important and necessary. And there's way more though, day to day. There's way more time in the meantime. There's way more time in the mundane. And so if you don't have tools or practices or rituals or things that you're able to do in the mundane, in the day to day, I think that's where we lose it. That's where we feel the disconnect. So this guidebook is to help you in the in-between time to be self-guided, to be personal, to not have to necessarily go to a family member or a professional, but to really spend some quality time with yourself and in a prompted guided way, okay? So again, just go to sheguidebook.com. You'll learn more, you can read more of the book summaries and you can make your purchase. All right, the next thing I wanna talk about before we get into this episode, um, I am so excited about this, so excited. So, I've had so many people um, ask me, Are you ever gonna do a class in astrology? How about if I wanna take a class in, psych- in astrology? What if i really want to learn more about just astrology oh i just it warms my heart it warms my heart so i've been wanting to do a basic class you know astrology has a lot of layers to it and i've been thinking through what's the best way to kind of present this for the community of people who are tapping in to what i am sharing about astrology and so yes 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 We um, have created a Foundations and Astrology class, virtual class, a six-week class. And so we are not launching this class until spring of 2024. Lots happening in spring, right? (laughs) It will be March of 2024. And so we have a form, okay? We have a form that you can fill out. It's just an interest form. That's what I typically do is interest forms, see who's interested first. And then based on who's interested, you will then get um, the actual registration so you can sign up for the class. So if you're like, where do I get the form? Where do I get the form, you need to go in the show notes, okay, specifically in the show notes, we have the form. Um, And you'll see it say, foundations and astrology class form, Um, I am working on I will make sure also that this form is available on our website so that you can sign up there. Um, If you go to findingyourvoiceafter40.com slash services or if you just go to findingyourvoiceafter40.com and you scroll and it says upcoming events when you click on that link it gives you a link of all the different activities we have going and it will be included in that okay but you can just simply go to the show notes if you're listening on any of the podcast platforms and you can click the link and submit your quick form just so we know who's interested. We do have a max number. We cannot have but so many people in this because we will be you will be retrieving your birth chart. I will be hands in hand holding your hand, helping you navigate your birth chart. And so when you have that, we have to keep our numbers low. So this is not um, come all, come who, whatever kind of class. It's, it will be kept off, okay? So the first people who express interest will be the first people who are at it. All right. That's exciting. Okay. Let's do our mindful message. And then let's get into this episode. Mirror. In order to change my life outside, I need to change inside. Once I am open to this change, my exterior reality will begin to mirror those new shifts. Mm, I love it. Y'all, can't be changing the outside if you ain't changing the inside. And I know it's so easy for us to do the outside, to change, get new hair, get new makeup, clothes, gain weight, lose weight, all the things. But it's really the work inside. It's really the work inside. And I hope you can tell that that's what I'm most passionate about is helping us get to that work that's inside. So, all right, let's dig into this episode 68, giving back while moving forward. This is an interview with Lamont Mitchell. And we're back in, oh boy, this is a first for me with this guest. I've never, well, no, I did have my son. I had my son on the podcast, but outside of my son, <laughs> I haven't had other family. Today we have family. Source. Yes. <laughs> Lamont Mitchell, how are you? I'm
1: absolutely wonderful cousin by, <laughs> by some miraculous birth of my daughter. And, you know, it's all in love. Cousin in love. How about that? We're, cousin we're in
0: there. love. That's what it is.
1: I'm absolutely fabulous today.
0: Oh, that's awesome. So I, I have to preface those who are listening. They're like, what are they talking about? Um. So I just met you for the first time in person yes. um, this past summer at a family reunion. And this is so funny because I was grubbing really hard at the family reunion. I'm like, this food is so good. This food is so good. Where did we get this food? And I remember everyone's was like, yeah, food is good. Food is good. And I think Tanza, your daughter, was like, oh, Imani, you know, catering did it, and just kind of pointed, and it was like, okay, yeah, they they killed it. They're great, you know. And I think I may have spoke to you, and like, oh, this so good. And then Tanza comes over, like she's like, uh, you know, you know, that's my daddy. I'm like, wait, wait, what? And so Tanza is my cousin, and I, I just, it was like, oh, I didn't, I didn't know, I have never met him. So I, I just became really intrigued because I remember uh, when Tanza posted that she was in Merida, Mexico, visiting her dad. And so all the things started connecting and I had gone to Merida and Merida is not, is not Cancun or Tulum or this real popular space. So I knew I wanted to tap in and learn more about you. So I'm just excited to have you and I'm going to ask you a lot of questions, but before I ask you my questions and allow you to, to answer and share and give the people some wisdom. I want to read something to you, and then okay. we're going to get into our questions. Great. All right. So let's, all right. Lamont Mitchell is chair of the Anacostia Coordinating Council in Washington, D.C., and is the founder of Imani Catering. Born and raised in the nation's capital, Lamont has deep roots in the city and a strong commitment to its development. A graduate of Howard University, H U. You? I, that's another reason we had to connect <laughs> with a degree in accounting. He has spearheaded various initiatives aimed at enhancing community development, fostering economic growth, and advocating for equitable opportunities. In addition to his community work, Lamont's thriving catering business based in the D.C. metropolitan area is known for its exceptional service and delectable cuisine. Amani Catering has become a favorite choice for both private and corporate events. Finally, Lamont demonstrates unwavering commitment to the betterment of Washington, D.C., particularly in the Anacostia neighborhood. He is a respected figure in the city and a source of inspiration for aspiring leaders and entrepreneurs. So tell me, how did that feel hearing me read that to you? Well, I've, I'm
1: while you were reading, and I was getting my checkbook ready to write the, the check for that. That's so wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my God, it's, it's, it's and I'm saying, did I am I, am I all, Did I do all that? But anyway, no, it, it, was, it was very delightful. Um, one little sidebar now before we get started. Mm-hmm. Um, um your cousin is is Artanza, and which is yes. my daughter, yes. but and if we get into the story about her we'll we'll find out more about it. But to me, she's imani.
0: Mm. and
1: that's what I named my company after her, that I named her imani and yeah. and and in retrospect to that, in homage to that, she named one of her daughter's uh, middle name is Imani. So the Imani keeps going. And so Imani is, is a dedication to my daughter, which is your cousin, tanza.
0: I love that. I love it. And, you know, it's interesting because Tanza is technically my second cousin mm-hmm. um, and her mom and I are, and I call her Renee. Other people know her as Melanie um, has always been such you know, a favorite cousin. And I remember, you know, when Tanza was little and she was kind of quiet when I was around her and I never really got to, you know, she was, she was a lot younger than me. So it was like, you know, that's my little second cousin, but to see her when she is in her, oh my gosh, I, she's a theater drama. She's so good with her performance and, and, and just a really light. And I have just really loved actually getting to know her more now as an adult, as a woman, as a mother. So there's a father behind that. And they're obviously genetically, it's, you know, it's in the bloodline. She got a dynamic mama and a dynamic dad. And I would love, you know, the work you're doing for DC. I really loved reading this. Has that, tell me just a little bit more how that has enriched you. Like, how has that served you? Yeah, well. Work that you do. Yes,
1: yes. Thank you for asking that. And DC is my home. Uh, and we'll get to this part a little later. But I'm a avid international traveler. I've been in seventy five countries across in six continents across the globe, wow. all on personal travel. So I love to travel, wow. and I've been on one hundred and fifty international trips. But DC is home for me, and I've never lived anywhere else but DC. I sort of kind of lament Mm -hmm. the fact that I didn't live somewhere else, but I but I love DC. (laughs) DC is what I know is what what you know, and I remember um, loving DC so much when I was a kid, uh, about nine or ten years old. I would lived in the shadows of um, Howard University, and Mm -hmm. I would tell my little playmates, I said, "I'm going to go to Howard when when it's time for me to go to college." And it was in You'd be lucky to make it out of third grade. You're not going to Howard, and but just yeah. putting that seed out there—that's the first part I want to. Mm-hmm. Just putting that seed out there. I said to myself, "I'm going to go to Howard when I get old enough mm. to go to college." And I went to Howard, and the, and the first mm. one in my family to graduate from college. And so, but mm. DC is home for me. I love it. I lived in every part of the city. I now live in east of the river in, in, uh, mm. in the so-called Anacostia Hillcrest neighborhood.
0: Mm-hmm. And, and, and
1: I've done a lot of big things and good things to D.C. And it's been good to me. And I try to get back. And I think it's important that we get back to the community in which we come.
0: Yeah. I D.C. is special. Like, it's a special little place. And I mean, little big place. Because it's yes. not, you know, I think people don't realize who don't live in the the DC area or the DMV, affectionately known, don't realize how tiny D C (laughs) is in in terms of geography, but because it has such obvious the uh, bigness about it and importance about it for our country, but just also the, just the energy is very big. And so I, you know, I went to Howard and after I finished Howard, I lived in DC and I used to tell myself, I'm never leaving DC. I'm never, (laughs) I'm never leaving here. I just love this space so much. And then, you know, life, life did what it did. And I ended up getting married and moving and all the things, but um, to your point, it's a, it's a special place. And I'm glad that people like you are giving and sharing and living and giving your dollars and, and supporting the city to be what it is. Um, So, well, my next question for you, um, you, you do not have to share your age. If you'd like to share your age, are you one that would like to share? Now we just say finding your voice after 40. I know you're after 40. Are you open? You don't have to. Yeah.
1: Well, I'm, I'm open. I'm, let's just say I'm in my mid sixties. Uh, yeah, in my, in the '60s, of course. You know, uh, I, I got a little gray beard now, but if I cut my, if I color my beard, I could probably get away with late '50s. But well, who, I think you could get who's, away who's with.
0: I think you could get away with earlier than late '50s. I mean, if your beard, because you know, I've seen you in person, and and no, I I I wouldn't I wouldn't coin you as that. <laughs> I wouldn't coin you as that. So this is awesome then, because one of the things I've been the whole reason I do this podcast is to talk to people who are in this part of life that so many people think is kind of this down, you know, oh, we better just go sit down now, retire now, not do nothing now. And I'm, I am, instead of complaining about people thinking that, I'm like, well, I'm going to contribute to this conversation and, and shift that. So it's exciting to bring in people who are willing to share their, you know, their age, age range, and especially as a male, because I will admit the podcast has probably been, I mean, we've had men, but more women than men. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. So what I, I want you to reflect, I want you to think before your 40s, before you got into this phase of life, how would you, <laughs> how would you describe that man? Who was that man before his 40s and, you know, now into his 60s? Who was that 20 something, 30 yeah. something?
1: Well, that's a great question. Um, I was like most um, African-American men in Washington, having the time of my life, living my best (laughs) life. But for me, my living life after 40, finding myself after 40, started for me four years earlier at the age of 36, 37. And that's when Mm. I founded the Money Cafe. But as a young man, I always thought of the fact that, you could do some great things but i always thought that if you were married you could do more great things because you would settle down and you could concentrate mm. more and so i got married uh, for the second time at uh, 36 which mm. was a which was a demarcation point for me because i got married and i started the money cafe and catering company mm and in and, and Southeast Washington, DC. So that was that my demarcation came a little bit earlier. And by the way, at age 40, which is the midlife crisis that people <laughs> like to say, I did go out and buy a Corvette um, for my 40th <laughs> birthday that I kept, I kept all of 18 months because it was like, it's a beautiful car. I'm working a lot. I'm not driving this car and it's too low to get into. Oh my God, my back was killing me at 40. It's like this thing is too low on the ground. Uh, but but it was, that was the point in which I said to me, I said to myself that, you know, you really could do some really great things. And I had done a lot of great things up until that point, but you could really expand this to some really good stuff. If you were a little more settled, uh, if you understand what I'm saying and, and mm-hmm. not you know, running so much and and doing so much stuff that didn't really wasn't really make a change maker, per se. You, would, right. you know, there, it was it was having more fun than anything else. Yeah. Yeah. So 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 at that point for me was around 36 when I got married for the second time.
0: Gotcha. Gotcha. And so how did you have that kind of epiphany? Like, was there like a crisis that hit? What was it that was like, you know what, I I need to shift? Or was it that you met your wife and it was like, ah, you know, this is now something different. Like what, what was, and I know women a lot of times want to hear this from men, like what allows men to finally get in that state of, I think I need to settle down. Well, you know, settle, settle down.
1: Yeah. Uh, it's funny you brought that up because I was talking to my um, ex-wife today, which we are just um, extremely close. We are very good friends. We still live around the corner from each other. Uh, nice. When when we actually broke up, she brought a house around the corner and I brought another house around the corner and we could have stayed in the same house, but <laughs> neither here nor there. But what happened was I'll never forget it. As long as I live, um, I was dating her for about four years and, and, I guess I wasn't moving fast enough for her. And mm-hmm. so she told me in October of 2001 mm-hmm. that uh, this wasn't going anywhere. You, you know, we, you know, I'm getting older. I want to have a family. You know, you still want to hang out and have fun. And so she she broke up with me and it was like, okay, I don't care. I got I can go <laughs> do a lot of things. But then I was literally hot. Heart- Broken. Oh my God, I was heartbroken, and I I, I, I hatched a plan, and the plan was because we were in the same church together. I was also so working at the church at that time, but she was a member mm-hmm. as well. And I said on um, watch night service, which is very important for the African American community, I mm-hmm. said watch night service, I'm going to propose to her. So I bought this ring, and as uh, she came into the church, I want to talk to you for seven minutes. We hadn't we had not talked.
0: Oh my in two, gosh.
1: And two and a half months. We had that talk. We hadn't spoken she would she she wouldn't take my phone call. She was not playing with me and whatever have you. And so wow. on, on on New Year's Eve, I, I proposed to her and said, listen, marry me. You know, I'm I i, I do not want to live without you. And so wow. um and so what happened was she she called my bluff and she said, Okay, I'm gonna take this ring. <laughs> but here's the caveat. You have to marry me within 30 days. One day over thirty, and we're not gonna get married. And I'm saying, wow! Uh, I don't have a problem with that. I'm already a caterer, so I mean, we got the, we got that part. And then, so we we got married on February first, two
0: thousand and two. You you pushed I mean, 19, it right to the
1: nineteen ninety two. I'm sorry, nineteen ninety two. Yes, the, it, oh. it was the Sunday. It was a great great wedding. We had we, we
0: oh, because we
1: didn't have a lot of time. What we did was to get we got married. Right after church service, all our friends and family came in. at the church service, the preacher did the, 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 the service, and then we had a reception after that. And wow. so, so it was those points. You know, sometime in your life, you know, that if if mm-hmm. you can just do so much more if you're partnered and you're with the right person, you can get you can do a lot more as opposed to uh, just floundering your guests <laughs> around. So, so that was my 36. That was my 40th. And then we, uh, you know, we went on to, to do the cafe and a lot of other great things. I mean, a lot of great things that's been associated with the cafe uh,
0: yeah. since that point. Mm-hmm. I love that, and and so I hope that you know women hear that because I do think that there's a different energy. That you know, men will navigate when they're thinking about kind of their lives and and how they want to kind of move, and then the support needed and, and all of that. So I, I want to tap a bit into Imani Cafe because that seems like that was a pivotal space for you. Is cooking something you've always done, and you just did? I mean, what what allowed you to say? Because this to me is a part of you finding your voice. It's, I well, mean, going, let me, You got degree in yeah. accounting, and then. Chef, like, yeah, share.
1: Yeah, yeah. Let, <laughs> let me tell you about this is, um, you know, uh, America holds promise of being able to almost do whatever you want to do. You can really create yourself if you are strong enough, if you are um, not afraid to take chances, you really can do this. I have no formal culinary experience <laughs> And let me tell you how I got into the um, to the restaurant because it's a great story. Um, Mm -hmm. Before I, um, uh, five years prior to getting married, I was uh, living with a girlfriend uh, Mm -hmm. and it didn't work out good. So she left me basically. (laughs) And so I'm in the house and I don't know how to cook. And so I'm saying, you know what? I'm going to fry me some chicken because she used to fry chicken real good. I'm going to fry me some chicken. So I took the chicken out the freezer, washed it off a little bit, put salt and pepper on it and flour and cut the grease on. And I put the frozen chicken into the the grease, right? Well, it started a grease fire in the kitchen. So now I have to make a determination. What do I do with this fire? Do I put it out or do I call Prince George's County uh, Fire Department who – and when they come to your house, if your door is open, they will shut it and then knock it down with the axe. Yeah, you know, or yeah. destroy the house. So I managed to put the fire out, and came to the realization I had no idea about <laughs> cooking. So I went to a, 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 a my I worked at the Union Temple Baptist Church at the time as their chief financial officer and the head of their housing corporation, and I asked the, the the church secretary who was the most amazing cook that I've ever witness in my life and i said to her listen i don't know how to cook but i will pay you to teach me how to cook and she said no you don't have to pay me (laughs) just i told her what happened and she said well when i cook at the church i'm going to invite you down and we're going to give you some lessons okay we we did this for six months and we i was getting good at i was making homemade yeast rolls and i was doing all this stuff And I said, you know what? I have some skills. I have some business skills. You have some cooking skills. So we started the catering company together. And then from that catering company, it grew so big and so large from 1983 to 1992 that we had to move out of the church, quote unquote, kitchen and move into a a restaurant, which I opened, the Imani Cafe, in 1992 in um, in Washington, which was Mm -hmm. the first sit down restaurant in Anacostia in 25 years. So it was a big, big, big fanfare. The mayor cut the ribbon, um, uh, the the news covered it. And that was a place of peace and solace for the community for 15 Mm. years. And what it Mm. would do, it would would provide a safe haven. I always like to talk about uh, Imani Cafe uh, because you would see uh, a group of police officers eating at one table and then a group of some other young men who they might be looking for at the next table. <laughs> exactly. But they knew that this was a safe zone, no custom, no chasing nobody, no nothing, just coming to partake of, of the mm-hmm. food in Imani Cafe. And it was a, a source of, of cultural arts too because I had all of these beautiful memorabilia of, of black, black uh, and Negro, um, artifacts and, and photos and mm-hmm. autographs, stuff. And it was the place to go south uh, in Southeast at that time. The mayor mm-hmm. would come, if everybody from the mayor of Washington would eat there to the chairman of the Republican party. So they all oh, wow. would come and eat at the same place. So it was a blessing to go from. And and it's so funny, um, one time, and I have this poster somewhere in my house, the, the Washington Post does a style um a style section for weddings every may and, mm-hmm. and it talks about the wedding trends that's coming up the you know the brides these are the dresses that they're going to use this year so they were featuring caterers who did a lot of weddings and i'd done a lot of weddings by this time and so they had me on the on the front of the style section as one of the leading caterers, wedding <laughs> caterers in Washington.
0: In Washington. I love this. And, it, and it was great.
1: It's like you could go from burning your house down. To, I was you know, just <laughs> gonna
0: say.
1: Right by the by the, you know, I, you know, I like to consider this, and this might be a good point. Um, there is a lot of value in, in hitherto in the past have the lord delivered me therefore i would trust him for the future that's for people who are christian in
0: mm-hmm. other words
1: if you mm-hmm. have some success reinforcement you can use that reinforcement to do a lot of great things and mm-hmm. one of the uh, major success for, successes for me was uh i went on a 30-day fast one time only drinking water and liquids and not a lot of food and I was mm-hmm. able to sustain the, the greatest urge known to man besides sex, which is food. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. And I, you take, you can harness that power to do whatever you want if you just put your mind to it, but you gotta have some hitherto in the past, have the Lord deliver me. You gotta have some hitherto to do it. If you don't yeah. have that, you can't harness the power. Right. If you give into every one of your human desire and not be able to control your desire, mind over matter, you won't be able to succeed in a lot of things and for, for the people who do these things it takes great sacrifice but you got to deal with it internally first to be able yes. to challenge yourself to do some great things that you want to do a lot of people have ideas ideas are a time uh, a, a dime a dozen and a lot of times when i say i got an idea to do this mean you ain't done nothing yet you know it's like <laughs> it's like potential you know or she has potential he has potential what you're saying is yeah you you just ain't done nothing yet you know but we have yeah. to challenge ourselves and you can do this at the 40 50 60 whatever have you but you got to decide this is going to be the, part, the the point for me that i want to do something that God or the creator has given me tasks to do and okay. you got to be you got to sacrifice and do it
0: oh. I am so glad you went there first of all that okay so there's two things two follow-ups one i cannot believe you cooked so poorly that you created a fire to then having (laughs) an actual whole cafe and, and catering business. I mean, that, that in itself is so much proof in the pudding, you know, just so much proof in the pudding of, you know, if you put your mind, your soul, you desire and put it and do the work, right. Do the, the, the acts of faith. Um, What, I mean, things that probably I'm obviously you never sat down in your 20s and said, oh, I want to be a chef one day. Like that never even crossed my no, mind. No. I mean, yeah, right. And and so I really want to highlight that because I think so many people who I think, you know, especially in the way that our culture conditions us to try to decide one thing we want to be when we're 17 (laughs) or 18. And then when we decide we want something different, it's like, oh, but is that, and then we go through all these, you know, changes when we just want to change our mind or do something different. I mean, I think this is such beautiful proof that not only is changing your mind, you know, necessary many times, but how fruitful, how fruitful it can become in doing that. Um, And there was something else. I don't remember now. that. I was like, oh, there." he says something else that made me really, oh, well, this is this other thing. And I, this is, I want to segue into some self-care thing. I've been spending a lot of time this season talking to guests about faith and how they honor um, their belief systems, you know, religion, spirituality, whatever it is that they feel. Because to your point, we honoring a deeper space a higher source god whatever you want to call it is yes it's the it's the tether it's the it's the foundation by which you know for you to consider yourself greater you know and i think you just gave such a beautiful example of that and i wonder though and, and so I always try to play like the questions, those people who are maybe struggling, they know it intellectually, you know, they know, yes, I have this faith, I have this belief, I practice whatever it is, but still not having the joy in their life. And for you, I guess, what do you do to nurture yourself so that you're willing to kind of you know go after these things, to travel all these countries. Is there some kind of practice or something you do to take care of yourself that helps keep you motivated to 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 live the life you want?
1: Yeah, you know, that, you know, you have such a great point there because, and I don't, I don't care what religion, what faith institution you belong to. If you look at them, they all have the basic tenets and the same tenets that will help right. us whether it's the Baha'i, whether it's the Toltec of the Mexicans, whether it's right. going east. And and I pick up a lot of stuff in my travel, which travel allows you to do. But mm-hmm. I think the key factor here is that, you know, the, the scriptures tell us even the demons in hell know the scriptures or know what to do. Knowing is not mm-hmm. enough. Knowing is not mm-hmm. enough. We must, we must, uh as a person of faith now you got to get some other thing working this maybe <laughs> not to apply to you but as a mm-hmm. a person of faith we must do everything as with our hands as as as, as, as humanly possible and then we must pray if it's everything to be done by our creator but faith without works is dead yes. and you and I don't care what it is I, I always tell people I don't care what book you choose, but we're going to choose a book. If we're going to be <laughs> you know, you you if you want to be you can be, but we're going to we're going to use a system outside of ourselves because you know, you, we don't know enough or I don't know enough within myself to guide my life completely. So mm. I want to I want to use a system or, or a source outside of myself to guide me and and ground me. And mm. one of the things with my travel is I seek out spirituality as I go around the world. And I remember my mm-hmm. first trip was to um, to um, uh, Brazil with uh, one of my first trips with the, my church, Union temple and mm-hmm. um, and and we we went to Brazil for the first time and we went to a Condenble ceremony and it was so indigenous, so mm-hmm. reminiscent of a Pentecostal service in America. Mm-hmm. and okay. you could see the connection of the people. And I always talked about the diaspora in terms of how uh, the, the, the enslaved Africans were brought over from, from ships and they got into the, the trade wind and the, first, the trade wind pushed south and they stopped in, 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 in Salvador Bahia and they dropped some uh, enslaved Africans off there and then they went up, they stopped in Cuba and they said, well, we just mm-hmm. want 12 of them or 15 or 100 of them. And then they went to Charleston, South Carolina and they dropped some yeah. more people off, the Gullah Geechee people, whatever. Mm. We are the same people. Yes. And we redux this for... 40 generations down the road 20 generations down the road and we get to that might be my cousin removed 20 right. generation there is a connection there is a spiritual connection so i like to think that whatever you do whether it's meditation whether it's is yoga have a practice that you can ground yourself to and seek a system outside of yourself for all the answers because you don't have mm-hmm. all the answers. But you okay. need to have some hitherto's in the past that the Lord delivered me. Therefore, I should trust in goodness. I always ask people and I challenge people. I've been an entrepreneur since I left um, um, Howard. I went to work as an accountant for three weeks and said to myself, <laughs> I cannot do this. I cannot do this. And I went out on my own. That was in mm. 1988. Now, oh, no. if you were to ask me, where are you going to get the money to live in December of this year December 2023 where are you going to get those funds to live and if you don't tell me this I'm going to shoot you I will be dead
0: um. because
1: I don't know where my money going I don't know who's <laughs> going to hire me I don't know where my benefit's are going to come yeah. from I don't know nothing but I do know hitherto in the past of the Lord me therefore I will trust them for the future and either you're going to stand on that. Right. You're either going to stand on the promises of God, of the creator, or set in the premises. I choose to stand on the promises of God. Yeah. He did it before. He'll do it again. And a lot of times with, with entrepreneurs, we have to have that something to push us further along. You know, yeah. we, you know yeah. we can do the X's and the O's and the money and whatever have you. But when you're working and you've been working at this business for four years and you haven't made a dime. And you mm. want to give up, you got to get something to keep you going. Or it might mean you stop here and do something else and pivot and do something else. Mm. And that's the good thing about finding your voice after 40 mm-hmm. is that you get to the situation where you really don't care what people think about you.
0: Yes. <laughs> you yes.
1: make that commitment to yourself that I'm going to live life on life terms, on my terms, on what I want to do. And mm-hmm. that's why it's so important to do the financial stuff. The you get rid of the credit stuff because the less credit and, and and payments that you have, the more things you can do. Exactly. You would be shopping if you wanted to do an idea. You may have an idea that could make a million dollars, but you're so stuck in debt that you yeah. cannot do it because if you don't work for the next two two weeks, <laughs> you will get put out of your house.
0: Right. And right. You, this right. is
1: not done on just a small level. This is done on people who are making $200,000 oh, yeah. a year. They're
0: Absolutely. living so
1: close to the best that they can't say to, they are just brilliant people. They, they, could, they could get a contract that will make $3 million a year, but they don't, they've don't. they not set themselves up to win Yeah, because they've not done the things they need to do. Because if they stop working and don't get money for a month, they're going to jump off the damn bridge.
0: Yeah. Know? Yep. Well, you just, you dropped the mic on a lot of points, which I love. And I 3 million percent agree with you. And I think, you know, living a more, we, we're all being, to me, we're in a season, we're in. Um, a chapter where the world we're watching the world shift before our very eyes. and it's I know it it feels overwhelming and frightening and stressful to to many. However, what we're being called on, in my opinion, is to do what you're saying. It's time to really tap in and trust and do the acts of faith. No longer talk about it. Think about it. Like it's about doing, and so using tools—I call them tools or modalities—to to create a practice so that you can feel connected to God and to your beliefs in a way to give you the motivation to do these things that you just said to actually move. And then at the same time, you know, we we we. It, You have your degree. You've you've been educated. We have many of us, especially like you said, at this stage of life, we have lots of receipts that we can we can do things. Right. So now it's about trusting that, that, okay. do I have to have all the cars, all the house, all of this to still set up any level of worth? Like, really, what, where has that really brought us? You know, and it's not to say that we live in poverty or anything, but reevaluating and reassessing so that to your point, we're living not in these means that stress us further to think that we have to live this other kind of life that takes us away from our truth. So, I, I, 3 million percent, you know, I, I know for myself, I've had a lot of, I feel like I'm always going through rebirths, you know. And so I'm, you know, in a season now where it's like, okay, you know, where I, my son, my youngest son's about to graduate from high school. This is the next new chapter. This is a new freedom. So do I have to live in a house, you know, over here in this particular neighborhood? No, like I don't have to do that. And people are asking, well, where are you gonna move? I'm like, you know, I think I'm gonna live in a variety of places. And it's yes. like, well, what do you, what do you mean, a variety of places? I'm like, I don't mean, a variety of places. It's just me, you know. Like, I mean, That's I don't, right. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't need to have all the things. And I, you know, yes, I have a partner, but he's an adult. He has his life too. And we're not 20 doing this. We're not 18 doing this. He's not my, you know he has his life and he, you know, do his life and I have my life and that doesn't disconnect us. So I, I really, there's a wisdom that we have at this age. And I, I ask people, you know, be willing to use your receipts, trust what you've already accomplished, you know, so I, yeah. I love it.
1: Yeah. um, You know, you made such beautiful, beautiful points there. Mm-hmm. And I'm mindful of some things along the way, because I do agree with you. We have to decide our value uh, Two thing, two points I want to make. One is that I encourage your readers if they haven't already and don't know it. One of the books that changed my life fundamentally is The Four Agreements. by. Mm -hmm. um, It's a great little book. It's 85 pages. You should read it every day, uh, once a week. And then anytime you get some attitude about what you think about stuff, go back and read it again because it puts (laughs) your life in perspective. And I also believe that we have to decide the value for ourselves. I have a friend of mine uh, who is a very successful, his wife and him are very successful from Chicago and they're entrepreneurs and they've done a lot of amazing things, made a lot of money and they shared a lot of um, uh, their money with, 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 with philanthropically. But he said to me something that was so unique. Uh, the other day I saw him um, at, at, uh, uh, and he said to me, I said, well, how's your golf game coming around? He said, um, well, I'm winning. I said, well, what's your score? What's your score? What, what are you doing? He said, I don't keep score. Thank you. He said, I decide whether I win or not. He said, every day I get up at 77 years old and can walk 18 holes of a golf course and enjoy my life and see the green grass and be here in this normal space, I win. I decide what I win we do wow. things for other people yes. we buy houses for other people that we don't even like so they can come in our house and tell us how beautiful the house is we drive cars and and don't get me wrong i love cars i've had 65 cars i just like cars. you've had
0: 65 cars I had
1: 65 cars i just like cars i, I like cars <laughs> but, but do i need 65 cars no no but what happens is we set out values for according to the others, Mr. Others, how would people judge me if I don't have this big house? And the kid, you're so so on point because as we get in our 40s, 50s, 60s, the kids begin to leave. Our job is to raise these young people, give them the values and whatever they have and you give them the education, the best your money can buy, but to let them go. The good kids don't return, the good ones don't return. And you don't want them to return because once they leave for college, it's a whole new ball game. It's a yeah. demarcation point. We yeah. must then take back our life and begin to do some of the things that we want to. If we want to live, I uh, you talked about Merida. I spent three months, January to uh, uh, April 1st, out of the yeah. country last year because I wanted to go to stay a place for a month, six weeks, as opposed to a weekend, as opposed to a right. week. Because right. the only thing can you get to know the people in the culture and I did Merida and it was, um, it was my third time to make Merida, but yeah. I never stayed a month. It was amazing the way the Mexicans live in yeah. Merida. It's just a phenomenon. Yeah. So we have to look at okay, I'm here now. I don't have debt. I don't have all these bills. I can rent my house out. I can yep. move anywhere I want to. Yeah, and you live your life with purpose. It, life is about experiences, not about things. Yeah, we get so caught up on that. It's like, how many experiences have you had? Right. You know, have you? Oh, oh, oh right. I got a, I got Alexis. I got it. You got a Lexus, got three thousand miles on set in the garage. Right. Have you, have you taken across country? No, I can't That's... take it around country. I'm not doing that far. You you know. So I think that as we get to the point where. Money, you know, because a lot of times when you're in your twenties and thirty, it's about money. It's about every dime. That's mm-hmm. what you do. You fuss about mm-hmm. if you're married and you're in your twenties and thirty, you fuss about money and sex. That right. All day long. And when you're forty or fifty, you got plenty of money, and maybe you don't even want right. a whole bunch of sex. So, so, <laughs> right. so therefore, there are other things that might be more meaningful to you. And there's nothing more fulfilling in life for me and my friends than traveling and see this big, big giant world yes. out there with a lot of great phenomenal people. I'll tell this story before I get back to you. I'm in Vietnam, uh, <laughs> Saigon, on a trip by myself. I went out and I was coming back home back to my hotel one night. And Vietnam, if, if you know Vietnam, Vietnam is one of the safest <laughs> countries in the world. The police doesn't mm. care guns in Vietnam. Oh, if you leave yeah. your pocketbook, if you leave your pocketbook in a bar, you come back the next day, it's exactly where you left it. <laughs> and if they steal in Vietnam, if you ever see anybody in Vietnam with one hand, that means he stole something one time. Mm. They don't play that. They don't play, they don't play it. Play. But I'm walking through back home through this dark alley, dark street. And for the first time in my life, traveling, fear like, what happened if somebody, you know, kill me or, or do something to <laughs> right. me? And for th- for two minutes, uh, for a minute I thought that, then I thought like, well, first of all, dead is dead, I got about a better <laughs> chance getting killed here in Southeast Washington the way crime is in DC yes. than yeah. in Vietnam. Yes. But I would have lived doing what I wanna do because Ooh. death will come to us all. Oh, yes. You follow me? Live yes. your life, live yes. your life. Work hard, but play
0: harder. Harder, yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, we could go on and on and I knew this, I knew when I, you know, I'm, I, I have, you know, when I meet people and I can energetically feel their energy a certain way and vibrate a certain way, I always, you know, I, I connect to that and I'm a very curious person. So I knew when I, you know, met you during the reunion, I was like, oh, I need, we, I need to have him on my podcast because he's doing some interesting stuff. He's got this whole catering. He lived in Merida, Mexico. Like, I'm like, wait, wait, what? You know, and I did not know that you had traveled to that many, you know, countries, <clears throat> had that many cars. Anyway, I'm going to tease on that. That's hilarious with the cars. But this has been so wonderful. And I could go on and on, but we we are we are going to wrap up because of time. And we are going to do a bonus section. And I, I do have a couple more questions. So if you all are enjoying hearing Lamont and hearing his thoughts and his gems and the things he's dropping, you want to make sure you're part of our Patreon community so that you can watch the video and hear the extra content. But before we go into that bonus, I have two, well, do I have time? Yeah, two things I want to ask you. One, I want people, if they want to hire you and your catering service, and y'all, I'm telling you now, listen, we were at a family reunion. I don't know if there's a a specific type of food that Imani Catering specializes in or anything and everything. But we had family reunion food. But what was so good, what was so good, like, so you had the mac and cheese, you had the chicken, you had all, but you had some vegetables, some actual yes. crisp vegetables, like not overcooked vegetables, like an actual salad with not just lettuce, you know, mm-hmm. like it was, and so I just, the food was so good. and And, you know, so if people are in the DC area, um, DMV, they want to use your services, or if they just want to follow what you're doing, is there a website or a social media? How can people get in touch with you?
1: Uh, well, thank you so much. Um, I've been doing this, and it's so funny how life works. I've been catering for the last 35 years, and what I do is called African American Nouveau Cuisine. That's all the flavor and taste of grandma's cooking, mm-hmm. no pork, and less salt. I use more herbs and spices. I get the vegetables in there. I cook vegetables that 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 are vegan dishes and vegan mm-hmm. safe. So if you come to a party, you can basically eat the vegetables. Yeah. You know, if, Even if you don't eat the meat. Now I, I do this. I we do have you know we're on the, online at uh, Facebook and all those places. Emani <laughs> Catering, but you know here's here's one thing about me, and this is really really crazy. I don't solicit business, and, yeah. and I tell you yeah. why um i have a a clientele that recommends people and i will take your job if somebody else recommend you say you know say my my cousin called me and said you do this would you do this for me i don't at this time i'm trying to slow down if you keep taking taking you keep building book but if somebody finds if you find me you can have me and and and, and, i love it and and i like to think the food is good but i also like to think that um that um and uh, maybe we'll see it in the, in the bonus section. I would just give some advice to some people trying to find themselves over yeah. 40 in closing. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and let me just say, one thing we have to concentrate on if we want to be successful in later life is that we bring our health with us. We bring out, mm-hmm. like we bring our past with us. We bring our health with us. If you want to be active in your life, then you need to be, Active and you need to be healthy now to be able to transition over Mm -hmm. into that. There's so many things that's hereditary, and as we get older, but you want to limit those things as much as possible. Mm -hmm. And you can't be successful if you're not healthy.
0: Absolutely, you can't
1: because success, particularly if you're an entrepreneur, takes some time 15, 16, 17. I still work 18 hours a day, I don't Mm want to do it, trust me, I don't (laughs) want to do it. And my son is now helping me, but Mm -hmm. sometimes that has to happen. But you have to be healthy. You got to yes. be everything in moderation, your food, you got to make sure you exercise. And I could talk about my walking group that I started at the diabetes kid, but we'll talk about that later. But you have to be healthy. You yes. have to be wise with your resources and finances. You have to be learning. You need to know everything there is to know. There's this, this mantra that says you need 10,000 hours in your profession to be a professional or be an expert at mm-hmm. it. Well, sometimes we're behind, so we got to make up. So that means Mm -hmm. you got to really get out there, know what you're doing, know your trade. You got to know just as much about your trade as the next person. Mm -hmm. But you all got to take all these principles, and then you got to have time for quiet meditation and peace to find solace to give you the energy to do what you need to do. And you Mm -hmm. can define your next 40 years.
0: Absolutely. Ah, well, I love it. I, I And again, this is super inspiring and I appreciate you so much for taking the time. You know, I know it probably felt random. Like, why is this woman asking me, that, you know, I, I'm, but I'm so glad that you went ahead and said, yep, let's go ahead and do it because this has been so inspirational. You've really shared some really important um, food for thought that I people, you know, replay you guys listen to again, because there's a lot that you shared, you know, and a lot of really good. Um, information that is very tangible to use to, to, to help support you. So my last question, I ask every guest this, it's going to feel a, you know random. I, I do tend to be sometimes random, but I'm a musician. And so to make sure that I always contribute to my music identity and love and passion, I ask people, what is your theme song? What is a song that you just love that motivates you, keeps you inspired, or you just jam to, you just love?
1: Well well that's a great question. It's it you know, it's almost akin to which one of your kids you like the best.
0: But <laughs> right. but I am but
1: I am a music of, of just love music. I've traveled all over the world to some of the major jazz festivals from the North Sea Jazz Festival to yeah. Newport and whatever have you. I am a I love jazz vocals, particularly by women, but also men. Um mm-hmm. And standard, the Great American Songbook. I love anything by mm-hmm. that, and I love this. Like I've seen Samara Joy uh, yeah. two, t- twice this year. She's just an amazing young person who's keeping jazz alive. Yes. but I'm a big, big fan of Johnny Hartman and and right. and and John Coltrane. It's just amazing that the work that they've done with jazz vocal, and 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 Gregory Porter is also one yes. of my favorite. So right. I love the vocal because the vocals are lyrics. They are poetry. And we yes. have this ability to speak. They're not just a whole bunch of music, blah, 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 that don't mean anything. <laughs> but there are stories in their poetry, and we it's just phenomenal. It just just set for hours and hours and hours to listen to jazz vocals, whether it's Aretha Franklin singing jazz vocals yeah. to, to uh, uh, Lady Day, you name it. I love it.
0: Ah. Uh. Well, I am a jazz head and the music that I do is like a soul jazz. When I was singing full time, that's really what I was doing was mostly soul jazz. Jazz vocals is my thing. I think Samar Joy, I agree with you. I, I love that she's perpetuating that styling of music and giving it, um, giving it access to different generations and not just one specific generation that has followed jazz and definitely listen greg reporter all day all night all day all night yes Um, yes love his vocals so well this has been awesome we're gonna go to our bonus and so we're going to say bye and we'll be back again next week for our um, our audio podcast but if you're on patreon stay tuned because we will continue so thank you again Thank you for listening. Be sure to like, follow, and subscribe to the podcast and share on social media using hashtag findingyourvoiceafter40. To submit questions, email info at findingyourvoiceafter40.com.